Hello and welcome and happy new year. Welcome to the Sports Unite podcast. This is our year in review. Yes, 2022 has come and gone. Uh, We are slowly getting towards our third anniversary. Uh, You know, of course, this podcast started during the pandemic, like I'm sure 90% of the other podcasts uh, uh, are going on right now. And uh, it is the year in review, and this time we've assembled some of the finest podcasters that we have on our network here uh, to talk about what happened in the year 2022, because we all know that you have forgotten exactly what has happened more than a month ago. Uh, welcome to help us remember Kenzie. How's it going, everybody? And we have Charles in the middle. At least I'm not Malcolm in the middle. And uh, last, almost always, Cole. <laughs> saving, the, saving the best for last. Always here. How's it going, everybody? 2022. Brotherly, <laughs> brotherly love. Uh, it's the <laughs> holiday season. Um, yeah, 2022 threw us for a loop. Started off a little you know a little uncertain covid was still a big thing going on with sports we had cancellation or postponement of the world juniors uh for 2022 uh we had the uncertainty about uh the olympics happening in february some athletes didn't get to compete because of covid uh we had things pushed back uh and then come the spring it was kind of like well let's just go and uh, we've kind of been in that pattern ever since. Um, what are your thoughts uh, as a whole on 2020 U- 2022 in the sports year? I think the best way you could probably describe it is roller coaster from hell, both in a good way and a bad way, like up and down, left, right, and center. Six Flags has nothing on that roller coaster ride we went through for the last 12 months. <laughs> Yeah, Charles, you honestly said that right. <laughs> Started out a little rocky, you know, the first little bumps and then a few drops, and it was like full-on sprint towards the back half. But you know what? We made it. We're here, and there's lots to talk about. Yeah, I agree. Charles, you hit the nail on the head there. Um, Big-time roller coaster. Big-time. That's a great way to explain it. Just roller coaster for us as fans. Uh, I'm the athletes. I can't even imagine what they went through uh, in their mind. Sports psychology, huge, <laughs> definitely uh, going into this year. Um, let's just start off. Uh, we'll go kind of first half of the year, second half of the year, and then we're gonna get into our top moments and top athletes of 2022. How. This is going to how it's going to break down. Uh, and uh, yeah, we are going to uh, be launching two new contests into the new year, one associated with this podcast and one leading up to our third anniversary. So you'll have to listen to this podcast to find out how to win and how to enter. Uh, so we started off the year a little bit before new year's but uh the world juniors tournament getting postponed and can't uh cancel the first they've kind of pumped the brakes and said no we're just postponing it 
Um, that was a really rough way to start the new year. And we kind of in that, like, oh, no, here we go again. Uh, what did that, when that happened, uh, did you think we're in for a long ass year or was there kind of like, you know, it's for the best, like we'd rather everyone be safe and wait a little bit longer. Uh, or did you think, well, there are going to be no more sports this year again? Well, I'll jump in here first because I haven't actually flown down for those world juniors last year being held in Edmonton. Um, we had entered the hockey Canada draw me and my siblings and my father, we won tickets, we bought airline tickets, we flew down, my brother drove down, whole big thing. And then the day we arrived, basically getting told, hey, yeah, we're cutting the uh, ticket packages in half. And then the next couple of days, we're done altogether. That was the beginning of the roller coaster of sports for me. Um, just the excitement of going down, potentially seeing a live World Juniors. Um, it is one of my favorite tournaments of the year in any sport. So really, really excited going down and then just bang, that punch in the gut of COVID. Um, my thought originally was, here we go again. We're, gonna, we're in for more cancellations and life's going to just be a yo-yo. So that was my take on the whole World Junior fiasco to start the year off. I think the first two points Justin said, and I, Kenzie, I feel for you having to, you know, that was, that's a long trip from way up north down to Edmonton. That's like, oof, would not want to be in that car ride heading home. Um, but your first two points, Justin, you know, here we go again. And for everyone's safety, I think that's actually the perfect match of how it was. Because as fans, we were like, holy shit, here we go again. It's, you know, business as usual for the last couple of years. But at the same time, teams having COVID outbreaks, games having to be postponed and canceled outright. It wasn't a fair tournament. So rather, you know, health and safety being a paramount importance in the last few years, it, it, it was only logical that the tournament was going to be postponed. Obviously, when they first said it was going to be canceled outright, we're like, well, that sucks. And then we, you know, they, they, they threw us that lifeline right near the end there. And they said, no, we'll, we'll postpone it. We'll hold in the summertime. The logistics will be TBD. Um, so they gave us a lifeline that gave us something to watch in the summertime, which we'll cover later in the show, I'm, I'm sure. But yeah, that's, uh, that was, that was a, that was about five minutes of fright there. Cause you just, you just think like, is it, can this ever end? Can COVID just F off for five minutes and let us have some fun? Yeah. Like we finally had this little amazing tournament finally to look forward to in the new year. <laughs> and then it's, Oh, you hear a player getting COVID here and there. You hear a couple players on a few teams. It's like, Oh, well that team can't play, but, uh, at the end of the day, like it's a good thing that they did for player safety, but at the same time, it's like you keep that the mind in your head. Like, is it happening again? And it's happening again. Olympics are just around the corner too. What's going to happen there? And it was a uh, definitely as a fan, it was a little whirlwind because it's like, okay, what do they know that we don't know? What's going on here? Please know. I forgot about that. Uh, oh, yeah, your ticket packages have been slashed in half. And, yeah, it was uh, a whole bit. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, yeah, K Kenzie and I were going to cover uh, the tournament for the podcast. We we're going to get to meet up, uh, and COVID decided uh, no. 
And uh, so we had to wait. Things progressed on uh, in the world, both uh, pandemic-wise and sport-wise, trying to act like it's normal. Uh, the NFL continued on like everything was fine and let's pack the stands for the playoffs because uh, what else are you going to do? Uh, and we get to Super Bowl LA versus uh, the Bengals in LA. And for the second straight year, we have the team winning the Super Bowl in their home stadium. Uh, what did we think of the uh, NFL playoffs? Uh, did we think it was an exciting, did it feel normal watching from TV? The it was NFL the it. Oh, sorry, go sorry, ahead, Charles. All right. Uh, sorry about that. Well, I mean, didn't mean to step on your, on your voice there. Uh, it was good. the best NFL playoffs I've seen in my entire life. And I, I, that's not, you know, an exaggeration. I have never seen so many games come down to the final play or overtime in one playoff year. I mean, I, I'm not sure my heart still isn't over that Kansas City Buffalo game. Like, I'm not, every time I think about it, my heart rate goes through the roof. Uh, the Super Bowl itself did not disappoint. So many times in recent years, the Super Bowl—it's it's kind of been a like, okay, well, it didn't really live up to the, to the hype. This was a phenomenal game, and the halftime show was legendary. The, 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 it, it checked the marks on everything. You had drama, you had entertainment. You had some a couple of musty moments, plus an amazing halftime show. Um, I mean, anyone out there listening to the podcast, when you could put Dr. Dre, Snoop, and Eminem together on the same stage, um, I was twenty-two. Suddenly, I was twenty-two years younger again, back in freshman year high school. And you know, if I wasn't listening to rock and roll, I was listening to Eminem. So. Uh, Probably the best high to start the year was the Super Bowl and then the NFL playoffs because that really started to, you know, we talked we talked about the COVID. This started giving us hope of you know returning to some some kind of normal lifestyle, but it also gave you something to talk about other than COVID. Oh, you're exactly right on that, Charles. Like watching the games, seeing the stands filled, and you're right. All these games in the playoffs last year was just down to the wire you didn't really have any blowout games like you usually have at least the first couple of times it's like teams were fighting hardcore i mean that buffalo kc game will be one that people will never stop talking about that minute and i think 13 seconds or something like that is the fastest minute and 13 seconds of their entire lives and then seeing what cincinnati did a team that doesn't even have a practice facility in the winter time come in and just take over is a whole other level too and they almost had them in the Super Bowl like that that was probably one of the best Super Bowls there have been in quite some time just the whole atmosphere you're right that halftime show was legendary uh my favorite part of that was uh their McPherson the Bengals kicker staying out on the field during halftime and watching the performance he's like well I just kicked the ball so I don't need to be in that prep. I don't need to be in the halftime show. I'm not going to be used in any other role but kicking the football. So that was probably hilarious. But uh, yeah, it, by all means, it was one of the best shows they've ever done. Uh, two years that are in a row now. Sorry, Arizona, that won't happen for a third year this year. But uh, great, 
great football playoffs. Yeah, um, I'd also agree. I forgot about Evan McPherson watching the whole halftime show. That did make me laugh. Um, for me, um, it started with the conference championships. Both of those games were unbelievable. Um, last two guys have talked about the Super Bowl. Um, I'm going to give credit to the conference championships. The way the Rams had to come back in the fourth quarter, being down by 14 points, managing to come back and win. Awesome, awesome game to watch. And who can forget about the Bengals and Chiefs? Unreal game. Um, probably still shaking a little bit from watching that game. Uh, yeah, just all around great playoffs and probably my absolute favorite halftime show. Thank you for reminding me of half of that I forgot about these playoffs because, yeah, I remember our review now. And even though my team lost in the conference championships, um, uh, you know, all four divisional winners to get to those conference championships won by a combined score of 15 points in four <laughs> games. And they all won on last on last minute plays. Uh, the Casey Buffalo game will go down, it, you know, as probably should have been the Super Bowl. And then we got even more uh, excitement later on. But those uh, those playoffs, the halftime show is something that was needed because uh, the halftime shows have been uh, lacking a little bit in the past few years. Um, and this year's should be uh, pretty good with Rihanna. And uh yeah, it kind of made us forget about what had happened the previous two months before and acted like a normal Super Bowl. And the exact opposite of what happened afterwards was the Olympics over in Beijing, where uh, they took everything. To, they still are in uh, major protocol compared to here in North America. Um, a very unique Olympics. It felt normal at times, but then you were quickly reminded we still had scandal, just like any old Olympics. <laughs> not, uh, not uh, without its controversies and scandals. Um, yeah, what are your guys' take on the Beijing Olympics? Honestly, it was definitely a very different Olympics. Um, you saw it if you. I'd watched it. A lot of uh, fans were pretty much just from Beijing and surrounding areas as a lot of fans were not able to fly in anymore to watch it. Um, definitely like a different atmosphere. It was weird seeing some of the venues because you saw, uh, I think it was on that ski hill where you saw kind of like the plant uh, building. Yeah, the smokestacks. I think at the other end of the half pipe, and it's like, where where is this half pipe, and what are they doing? <laughs> uh, definitely a different uh, Olympics, that's for sure. But I really enjoyed it. I I love every Olympics there are, even if it's a COVID year like that. Um, but yeah, great. A lot of records set. A lot of new faces and new names for Canada and other countries that kind of became about as some athletes didn't travel down. So it was nice to see some new kind of names become household names 
for a lot of countries. Honestly, I was a little disappointed by the Olympics. Um, some some competitors didn't like some top notch competitors never even went there because either you no know, they they fear for their own health and safety rightfully so, uh, or you know there was other BS involved. So I felt that the Olympics were lacking in star power, and there was no better example than the hockey tournaments. You know this was going to be the opportunity for especially for us Canadians. We are spoiled with some of the greatest talent ever to lace up skates, but we were all looking forward to seeing Nathan McKinnon, Connor McJesus, for those of you who don't know, that's Connor McDavid, and Sidney Crosby on the same team. And that's just embarrassment of riches for our country. Well, this was going to be a, it was going to be fun. And then suddenly no fans, no NHL players, no this, no that. It felt so lackluster to me. So it, it, it was it was actually probably the first time in, oh, where was the 94 Winter Olympics? Lillehammer? Yes. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, Kenzie Donahue. Yeah. Probably the first time since 94 that I didn't really watch the Winter Olympics with any kind of intensity. Nagano, Salt Lake City, Turin, Vancouver, Sochi, even Pyeongchang, I paid attention to. But yeah, this was the first time since Little Hammer that I really didn't uh, I hate to use the word. I didn't care about the Olympics really. For me, um, being out west, it was kind of nice that I was able to see some of the sports before going to bed. So that was definitely interesting. I didn't have to stay up too late or wake up like ridiculously early to watch stuff. So that was that was kind of nice, but. I, I feel like this Olympics was kind of marred by too much scandal. In my opinion, we have kind of forgotten about, I know the summer Olympics were a year previous, but we're forgetting about the, I kind of want to call it a huge doping scandal where you had Shakari Richardson, the sprint, the American sprinter be banned from the Olympics for doping. Meanwhile, they allowed the Russian teenager in the figure skating. Um, to me, doping is doping, whether yep. you're a kid, an adult, you don't know any better when you're at a high level, you know, better. Um, I got the honor of chaperoning and coaching young athletes at Canada games this year. They make you take a doping course before you do anything high level. If you don't take the doping course, you're immediately cut from your team. You can't say you didn't know. Now, I know it's Russia versus America versus Canada. Still, it's high-level competition. They tell you what you can take. They tell you what you can't. I think both athletes should have been banned from competition, no matter the issue. Doping is doping. Um, the other thing with the lack of NHL players, <coughs> pardon me, just seemed that it it just seemed like it was just one thing after another, after another, after another, no cover, lots of COVID, no fans, limited fans to those that were there. Eh, I don't know. I just, I couldn't get into it myself. Some sports. Yes. But most of it. No. Yeah. The, the, the your, your doping comment is spot on. Um, I had heard that they made that I heard about it. Thanks for confirming that, you know, the doping course that they make you take, uh, prior to going to the games, but yeah, anything to do with Russia, 
obviously, you know, came from the government level because, you know, how many times have they had state-sponsored scandals come to, come to light? So Russia is Russia. 100%. That's why yeah. they can't even compete under their own name right now. And look what happens the first time they're back in, really, for the Olympics. Exactly. So, but yeah, you, I almost did forget about the team that, that teenage, uh, that Russian teenager there. And you yeah. saw what, what, after the scandal broke and she went to do her program, she completely had the pressure cracker. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. ruined, they ruined she, her potential gold medal. Yeah. She almost set the world record the first go around with her points. And then look well, what happened a completely different day. I'll have you know as well that issue has yet to be resolved. It was swept under the rug and nothing's been touched essentially since. They have um, made it mandatory that you must be 16 now in figure skating. Um, uh, for the world stage. All due respect. Yeah, I get that. But what does a year make in regards to the whole, I can get the pressure piece? Because if if then they're caught doping, then they are 16, they're old enough, essentially, they get the, the consequences. Whereas uh, a minor, you can't because they legally cannot consent to medication, blah, blah, blah. And that's the thing, too. She may, as, she may very well have a heart condition, but if you do have those conditions, you are required to indicate with the IOC and your governing body that you are taking these medications uh, because there are protocols that you have to take to take certain medications if you have conditions so that you are allowed. So it's fair that you are allowed to compete because, you know, if you don't, you die, but uh, you also can't get an advantage. You have to make sure that you're there. There's a balance. So, um, you know, the fact that it wasn't reported and uh, just the whole thing really put a damper on on that side of the Olympics. And of course, it had to deal with a country that has an issue with these problems. In another country that also used to uh, cheat uh, with age uh, altering when it came to figure skating and gymnastics in the summer iteration. So... I mean, what, 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 what can you say? Once a cheat, always a cheat. Yeah, and until major changes come, I don't think we are ever going to be surprised when our first thoughts when these things happen are, oh, is it X or Y? Agreed. And then, if it's yeah. not, then you're like, oh, I am shocked. What happened? <laughs> All right, so afterwards, after the Olympics, it's pretty much spring, or we like to think that it's pretty much spring come March. Um, it's part of the country you live in. Yeah, but we did <laughs> have the Paralympics happen, everyone. Uh, Canada's, Canada does fairly well in the Paralympics, uh, at least on the winter side. Um, but we also had spring training uh, for Major League Baseball come in. Uh, and uh, we had, uh, you know, sports start to pop up again, like golf, the PGA Tour, and their competitor, Live Golf. Um, 
In the spring section, uh, were you guys excited for the baseball season? Did you catch any of the Paralympics? Or was it, uh, were you interested in the drama brewing uh, in the golf world? Well, baseball, I mean, for all, I think most of us here on the, for the podcast, we do have a, a strong uh, fondness for the Toronto Blue Jays. So after last season's drama coming down to the final day of the season where the Jays still had a chance at the postseason and missed out, boy, Yankees and Red Sox, um, I was I was extremely hyped, especially with the offseason moves that Jays had done. I was super hyped to see what the team can do. Um, the golf, that was like a daytime soap opera on steroids. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, not wrong. It, but it was, it was not quite young and the restless level. I mean, we'll, we'll, you know, young and the restless was a whole different level, guys. Um, but it was like, if you couldn't watch any of the stuff live, any of the comments, reading about it the day after was like appointment reading. It was, it was great because oh, yeah. the sniping back and forth and will he go? Will this guy go? Who's staying with the PGA? It was like, I, I don't know, pick a soap opera plus add in Survivor. And it was great. In terms of an, from an entertainment point of view, not so much. I, I don't think it's good for golf because there's some questions about where some of that money in Saudi Arabia comes from. Really, there's some questions there. So, from a PR standpoint, doesn't always look the greatest. But entertainment-wise, beer and a popcorn. I'll just I'll sit back and enjoy that one. See, I honestly loved the whole golf thing. Because it brought out so much insider that you didn't really know about golf if you kind of watched golf and didn't really watch it. The like whole inside of the PGA Tour piece of like half the tournaments are actually PGA regulated. And so there's only like a third of the tournaments that are actually funded by the PGA. So everybody's like, where is all this money? And what are they doing with all of it if they're not giving it to the players? Whereas then you go look at how much this new shiny live golf is offering all these players to come over. And if you win a tournament, like you make so much more money than what you ever could play into the PGA tour. And then oh, all of a sudden the PGA tour ups some of the prizes a little bit, just a, just a hair more. So it's like, Oh, funny. So you had this money lying around, but you're not funding all the tournaments. So it's like all these little hidden rules started to come out that I like I follow kind of follow golf, like I watch it here and there. But like hearing all the insider come out, you're right, Charles. Like you read that next day thing, it's like, oh shit, it's going down. Yeah. What happened? What's gonna happen today? I'm ready for this. I think it was just kind of like a brush of breath of fresh air. Like you have all these Yeah. For every other sport, there's a different leagues. There's different parts of the world that do different leagues of the same variation, roughly. Like, obviously, there's, like, NFL, MLB, NHL-type thing. But there's leagues, like, in Europe, like, professional sports in Europe and things like that. Where golf is really just the PGA Tour. And you can either kind of make the PGA Tour or, like, not really make the PGA Tour. But that's the only big kind of thing. So to have someone kind of challenge the PGA Tour like this in like a kind of a year like we've been having is like the perfect kind of opportunity to like strike, I feel, is what they were waiting for. 
And like, look at the players they've attracted over. Yeah. And it's funny. I there was one comment. I don't know if anybody had it on their top fins, but it was like, Tiger Woods. Oh, I'm never going over there. Like Tiger, you're an amazing golfer. You're one of the best, but you're also like not fully at your prime anymore. You've won so much with the PGA Tour. I understand why you wouldn't go over to live golf, where you have all these younger people like Dustin Johnson, who's making buckets of money to go over there. But it's it, it's it's interesting, that's for sure, and it's getting more pickup. There's some news, or there's some um, sports stations that are going to be picking it up next year for some of their tournaments. So it's going to be a lot more viewership at home for people that actually will follow it. And the um, and the Masters agreed that uh, people at the Live Golf can participate in the Masters this coming year. So that'll be a huge kind of uh, dangled carrot for people. One one thing to touch about Tiger Williams. Sorry, Kenzie. I know you want to chime in for two. I, I still, I'm sorry. It was never confirmed how much Liv offered him. But That's true. Multiple, multiple reports had it in the, in the billions. I I figured, yeah, there was like numbers yeah. thrown out, but it was but never not, really... not just one billion, but it was several billion dollars. Like they, they, they were they were pretty much saying, "You write the check, and we'll and we'll pay you." Yeah. Yeah. So, Which is also well, crazy that he kind of turned it down, but he I made a name for himself with the PGA. <laughs> I I had heard that too about Tiger that they basically were going to hand him a blank check and say come play. Um, Imagine turning yeah. down a blank check like. Oh, I know, right? The issue that I have with Tiger going over there is at this point <laughs> in his life, he's a name. Yeah, the, yeah. The dude can't walk a golf course. He said that several times. I'd, I'd love to play, but I can't walk. So you're, well, what are you doing by trying to sign Tiger? He's a, he's just a body now. He's no longer the Tiger of old. He, he can't walk a course. He can't even play 18 with his own son. I'm, I'm sorry. He didn't mean to go over there. Um, the other thing that I had an issue with earlier was guys were saying, oh, I'm going over there to play less, or, oh, I'm going over here for this reason or that reason. You were going over for money. Stop lying. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The biggest issue I had was the guys going over there were lying about it. You're going over for money. Just say it. Uh, I I lost a little bit of respect for some of those guys that, you know, beat around the bush and said, oh, we're going over because it's only 54 holes, and I can spend more time with my family. No, you don't. <laughs> come with you every tournament. And you saw Dustin Johnson, the 150 million. Oh yeah, see you later, PGA. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it was, and now guys are saying it more outright now. Yeah, I'm going over there for the money. Totally going over there for the money. So I don't know. Those are just my two little issues with Live Golf. Um, one thing I have seen, don't know if there's any truth to it, is. Um, the practice rounds and the tournaments themselves are a lot more fun. Guys are allowed to yeah. interact with golfers. The golfers aren't as regulated as much. There's a little less regulation to the whole tournament. Um, would definitely love to take in an event myself just to see the difference between 
an event hosted by the PGA. I've been to the PGA Championships twice and a live golf event just to see the difference in the structure. Well, how many times? Well, with the PGA, they always give you the, oh, two hands up. You got to be quiet now. Well, how many times is everyone's favorite tournament? And I, I besides the, the majors in the PGA Championship, I think the next best attended, or it could be even in the top four, is the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Yeah. Every year they, they make it a party party atmosphere. It's early on in the season. They have that um, on 16 where they just encase it with stands. And yep. last year someone got a hole in one. So everyone threw their beer cups on, on the course. Like it's a party atmosphere. And it's, I, I know people who have gone and said it's a hell of a time. I think that's kind of what was missing from golf is that like it's evolved now where it's not a gentleman's sport. It's not, uh, you know, if they, people have seen happy Gilmore, it's, you know, players, if there's a little bit of noise, live with it. Like it's golf. Are you going to throw your club at a bird that chirps when you're hitting? (laughs) I understand some of the tournaments like it, okay, yeah, sure, you want all the concentration. There's big money involved, especially on the PGA side where, like, where you finish depends how much money you're getting. But, like, we're evolved as a society. We This, this is sport now. Now, to, to quote the late, great Robin Williams from his 2002 show Live on Broadway, I want to see the guy who does Mexican soccer to do golf one time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's such a good show, folks. If you have not seen that, the, oh, he talks he talks it. about golf, curling. I just oh, I good. just remember be like, all right, we're going to take the thing and we're going to hit the ball in the hole. Oh, oh I mean, like, that's yeah. easy. <laughs> no, no, fuck no, we're going to put the hole hundreds of yards away. I was shooting away like trees yeah, and pushing the <laughs> Oh yeah, great. Uh, uh, one other thing, and with uh, Kenzie's point with uh, Tiger Woods going being offered all this money to go, it obviously it's just for the name factor. But why to make it easy for everyone else to understand? Why does an expansion hockey team sign an aging superstar to a contract ten times more than what he should be paid? You're trying to put asses in seats. So, yes, it was, it was strictly for the name Tiger Woods because you think of all the eyes it would draw on the product. Oh, for sure. It's like, why does the WWE bring back part-time superstars from 25 years ago? Because, they, you know, they want a few more eyes on the product for one particular pay-per-view. So, True. Yeah, I can't say surprised they offered him, but it was more so the amount of money that I'm like, wow, I'm not sure I could have turned that money down. I think Tiger's just doing it for the sake of the game. He knows if he goes over there, he's just a name to grow them. And that's not something he wants to do deep down. The PGA took care of me. They've been good to me. They've paid me almost a billion dollars in my entire career, if not more, in winnings and promotional stuff. He's got it close. The winnings actually, no. I think it's far less than you realize. It's his endorsements that he's made his money on. He's he's yeah. made a lot of money from he, golf. He made over a billion dollars off his endorsements. Um, yeah, Gatorade, Gillette, all that. And that's all the PGA helping him get those endorsements by being there. So he's realizing that they've taken care of him, 
I'm not going to grow this other league. And his and you made the superstar and do that. You made the point about his son. Uh, his son's probably going to be a PGA player. I mean, will he be as big a star as his dad? Who knows? But you know, his son is going to be already. Sorry, say that. What was that? He's pretty good already. Yeah, but is he going to be as good as his old man? I mean, it, it's kind of it's like it's like being a son of Gretzky or being the son of Muhammad Ali. It's like, yeah, you may be good, but are you as good as your old man? You know what? Here's a hot take. I think Charlie Woods wins more majors than Tiger. Oh, oh, put that on the board, folks. Pull more material here, folks. <laughs> the the oh, way Gohanas, man. The the way Tiger was, and Tiger's not going to be one of those parents that like sugarcoats it. But like, yeah. I think he's obviously going to be easier than what he went through in the learning stage. But what a like how he was videotaping Charlie's backswing and all that, giving him pointers, but being like a proud dad at the same time. It was really good to see. But I think as if Charlie sticks with it, I think because he's what. 11? 13. 13. So I think in five years, he'll be pushing to compete in his first majors. Not win, but compete. Oh, I I think he'll compete for sure. He might even win. He's had like professional golfers make comments about his swing and just how calm he is and almost like his old man. Exactly. As long as he can avoid the injuries that his old man had. Well, I mean, we all know why some of those injuries occurred. So, yeah, scandal always of uh, scandal always happens. But like uh, the the Achilles injuries, some of the knee injuries, you can avoid those. They're laughing. They might even grant. They, they might. I wonder if the PGA has an exceptional uh, player status like the OHL does and stuff like that for players who are technically underage. Can they join early? Well, they have the amateurs, so they invite a lot of kids who are um, on golf scholarships at colleges because you know that's a thing. Um, but uh, if they have the A beside them, and they can't win the money because they're amateurs. But now that the NCAA's rules have changed, I don't know what that does for yeah those instances. But that was the skirt around. Hey, you want to compete? And oh, look this kid who's an amateur made the cut like yay but he gets zero money for finishing you know whatever the top 50 but hey your name's out there kid like good job well but then 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 he gets a sponsorship deal and gets gets more money than he would would want anyway but he would have to wait until before he would have to wait until he was done competing because the ncaa wouldn't want that but now yes of course they still did it behind him, but there were there was creative ways to keep it oh, quiet. We all yeah, know. of course. It's come, up, it's come out a bunch of times now that players had quote unquote illegal sponsorship deals. But come on, that is very true. Yeah, the the whole the if you want to watch a good documentary, the whole Reggie Bush saga. Yes, how he had to return his Heisman, but like however many other people who had under the deal tables have not been punished at all. It's. But we get NCAA games back. Great segue. Great segue there. Uh, so look for those. I think uh, they said 24 or 25 is when we get the first uh, edition back. 
So we head into the summer, the summer season, June, July, August. Baseball started. Um, we have some major tennis tournaments. Uh, you know, I'm trying to think about exactly what happened in the middle of the year. Uh, we talked about live golf. Um, Well, I mean, since, I mean, obviously sticking with baseball, you had Aaron Judge just all year long mashing home runs and bringing uh, bringing eyes to the sport for legitimate reasons, not because of any scandals, which was nice for once. Brush of fresh air. Bill, a, in his case, a giant breath of fresh air. That is a one big ombre right there. It's like people who can't see us on cam. Justin and I are huge men by any standard of the world, and Judge makes us look tiny. Mm -hmm. Justin, you're what, six, three, six, four? Six, Six, eight, six foot nine is just a different (laughs) level of height. (laughs) Six, seven. Or however tall he is. he's, He's on that next level. Yeah. Like, like I'm six five, and I'm like, I'm six five, and I when I when I have to look up at somebody, it's like, good God, they made you. <laughs> yeah, I still I remember when I met Adam McQuaid in the Halifax airport, and you're just looking up and up and up and up, and then you just like I'm five foot eight, so like I think my only comment to him was, "Nice to meet you. Please don't eat me." <laughs> like, well. But McQuaid, not only is he tall, but he's as big as a tree trunk. Oh, yeah. He's like the size of a house. Like, <laughs> he's a big dude. He was a big guy. He's probably the biggest guy I've ever met. Well, I, I'm talking about biggest guys I've ever met. I got the chance to meet Satino Chair, but that's the first part. We'll save that for a different episode. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Aaron I mean, Judge at 6'7. That is next level. Yeah. And the CFL season was was back after you know last year's you know really botched uh, like cancellation, or yes. and then they get the cancellation into fourteen game season. They had a full season this year. Full season this year. It was good to see the CFL back. Uh, we crowned two champions uh, in both basketball and hockey. Yeah. Uh, the Golden State Warriors back at it again. Uh, which elevates Steph Curry now into the uh, can he be considered the GOAT because he has the equivalent amount of championships as LeBron. So that threw a wrench into everybody's conversation uh, for GOAT of basketball. And we have a returning champion of Colorado, uh, the Avalanche blowing through kind of the playoffs and uh, winning the Stanley Cup, kind of like what we all knew would happen. Uh, Were you guys surprised at any of the outcomes uh, in the professional sports? I think we were all calling Colorado at the start of the year last year, so no on that one. It was kind of like, oh, they finally did it. Jeez, what took you so long? Yeah, like, pretty much. Get down that second round um, I'm pretty surprised on the basketball one actually because uh, Golden State they've not not that they've been a mess, but there's been a host of injury issues with that team now for a couple of years. They had a really bad year 
not long after losing to the Raptors in the finals in 2019. The Golden State had a really bad year, uh, I think the, the year or second year right after that. So seeing them back on top of the mountain so quickly, bit of a surprise. Did not think that was going to go the way it did. Kind of had Giannis going for bad. I mean, I personally thought at the start of the playoffs in the NBA, we were going to see Giannis Antetokounmpo going back to back. And I will argue with anyone who says Steph belongs in the GOAT conversation for basketball player. You can say GOAT of his generation, GOAT among his position, but I'm sorry. There are three or four names, at least, that belong ahead of him on any GOAT conversation for all time in the NBA. Um, names like Michael Jordan, the late great Kobe Bryant, Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and I'm just getting warmed up on that. So, no, Steph, is. I think he's elevated himself to being a first ballot Hall of Famer. When he retires, when he's eligible, he's in. Lock it. Hear, heard it now here in 2022. But by no means is he a go in the conversation of GOAT for the NBA for all time. No. I just think that conversation happens because – well, I mean, when you put it down between LeBron and MJ, it's the you know the first thing is you know oh how many championships does he have? Oh six. Oh LeBron has four now. It's like well yes there are other players with the same amount of championships playing as well and they are dominant in their like you said their position. Um, uh, I don't think Steph Curry is the greatest of all time, but. He definitely, I feel like that conversation for basketball has kind of gone either you're the GOAT uh, and then like there's like, they don't talk about the best to ever play the game. Like those conversations like, oh, here are six players. Who would be your starting five and who would you bench? Like, like, yeah, Steph Curry is probably there, him and Ray Allen and Iverson the three best point guards, specific point guards to ever play the game. He might get the edge because no matter where he shoots from, he is on target. He controls how much of it was him bringing together the team with uh, with everyone around him. Because uh, when he was drafted, he was just a kid who took Davidson pretty far in the, in the tournament. And, yeah. you know, his dad played in the NBA – uh, but he has excelled way beyond what his dad has ever would ever uh, do, and even his brother. Uh, so I think he's certainly in, you know, definitely in the list of best to play the game, and certainly the best for his position. Oh, uh, certainly no argument on the on the last part. No argument there. Greatest of all time. Yeah, you're you're gonna have to compete with the Jordans and the the Kobe's and even LeBron. Um, you know, too many, too many people are very like in the now. They forget the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's, the Magics, the Larry Birds, uh, the uh, Doctor J's, Bill uh, Russell, Wilts, Bill Russell, like the guys that formed what what it is today. So. Um, yeah, all right, going into the back half, uh, we had some baseball, we had some uh tennis, 
the dog days of summer. And then we get to August where they redid the world juniors. And we were there at the medal rounds. Uh, wasn't the same. Definitely wasn't the same. Um, but still a great experience. Great to see. Great to see Canada win gold in person. Um, was it hard for you guys, as it was for me, to really be, uh, at least the round robin, invested because it was August, school's out, it's, you want to be outside, hard to think about world junior hockey uh, in August when it's, you know, 29 degrees outside? Under normal circumstances, I might have said, yeah, it was really hard, but because we had the playoff bubble for the NHL in the summertime a couple years ago, that made it a lot easier to get amped up for this. Just be Also, just because we saw how good Team Canada was at the start of the tournament in the last December, a year ago, and they looked like they were about to, to steamroll everybody. So I was pretty amped up to see since quite a few of the returning players, I'm sorry, excuse me, quite a few of the players on the roster were returning from that tournament that was postponed. So I was pretty out of the seat, which is what they could do for as an unofficial encore. For me, it was kind of tough to get into um, just because it was the summer. Um, and I was out east with my family. So in the evenings, we were having fires or playing with the kids or out in the boat or whatever. So to think about hockey was a little tough. It didn't usually come till the next morning when we're sitting in outside with the coffees and watching the highlights and it was, Oh yeah, the world juniors is going on. How's Canada doing? We didn't really get into it until the medal rounds um, back home. It, it was just for, for no other reason than it was just the summer and we were enjoying ourselves. So. Oh, we, we, we had it here with the vicious storm on the May two four. So there were, there were parts of the summer when people were still picking up after the storm. Took out power to a good portion of the city here, not in, in uh, the nation's capital. So, a few months later, some people are still picking up the pieces. So, it was a very weird summer here. Um, I mean, baseball, dog days of August weren't so dog days, actually. It was pretty exciting. You had uh, a couple of the wild card races were going right down to the wire. You had judges chase for the, the American League home run record, at least. Uh, but I think overall, between everything going on in the summer, it was just the perfect balance. You had the fallout from the NHL offseason starting. Um, you know, some people around town were excited with, the, with, with what the Sens had done. Us Habs fans, Kenzie, you know it well. We were riding high after getting your eyes, Slavkovsky, uh, number one overall. So we were, we were, and you know, Kirby Doc, we were, we were amped up. Uh, which also I think helps for some of us getting ready for the World Juniors because we're still thinking hockey in the offseason. Um, summer actually was a good summer for sports between everything going on. It, it wasn't dull by any means. Plus, in you know August, you've got brand NFL preseason and you're gearing up for the you know, big season there. So it, it was not dull by any means. The dog days were not so much dog days this year. I think we were also too kind of like maybe in a waiting pattern because it almost felt like things were getting back to normal and it was almost too good to be true. And we were just kind of like, ah, the, we're, we're, it's about that time. Like, let's, uh, let's, can we hurry it up so we know what we're going to face? And there's never, 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, or 10th wave or 15th, depending on where you were. You know, counting's hard. So yeah. uh, I recently learned that if you're born in Korea for uh, until this year, uh, say you were born uh, on uh, December 10th, uh, come January 1st that year, you were uh, you were two because when you're born, you are one and then you turn a year older on January 1st. Uh, but they're changing that to uh, the way the rest of the world does it. So congratulations, Korea. <laughs> if, uh, you know, someone says they're two and they're crawling, you know, believe them because that's how that used to be. Real disappointment when a two-year-old can't walk, but they're not really two. Um, but to open up the fall, we had probably the most unexpected scandal that really rocked the sports world. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Hockey Canada. Uh, no, actually, another scandal. Okay. The Grand Chess Scandal. Where Hans Niemermann uh, upset five-time world champion Magnus Carlsen. Uh, and uh, it was determined... or alleged that Nyman cheated uh, with a vibrating device somewhere on his body. Uh, and it rocked the chess world. Something that I didn't know was possible. Uh, but allegations of cheating, uh, observed cheating, uh, robots, uh, there's a lawsuit happening. Um, I they they must have thought, hey, we need some publicity. I know what will happen. So, uh, but the true scandal uh, that happened that rocked Canada to its core, uh, brought a nation to think about uh, how they viewed sport. Uh, I know it was a big thing during the summer World Juniors that. Being at the games, it kind of felt weird because you knew all this information that was happening uh, with Hockey Canada. And you're kind of like, ah, like, I don't want to be promoting this. But like, at the same time, it's that it's that thing, just like another big event that we'll talk about uh, later on is you, you want to watch this. You're very excited. But the people that made it happen are a little bit corrupt and you really don't want to give them money or credits. Um, and they held on way too long. They stuck there for no reason. They were almost forced to quit. But we are talking about, like Charles said, Hockey Canada and the big scandal that happened here that rocked Canada. That, you know, when you peel back the layers, it wasn't really hidden, but just brushed under the rug and... To the public, all they saw was the rug. They didn't. They didn't lift it up until it was pulled, and we saw everything that had been swept under there for decades. Mm. And that's the key word: decades. Where do you even start with this one? Like, for me, that the, the whole topic of sexual assault is uh, for all of us. We, we either. I mean, God forbid if it's ever happened to you, uh, or you probably know someone. It's a very personal topic, especially very relevant, but very uh, 
it's permeating all of, so, all of our culture in, in 2022. So when, when you go back and, and you find out that this organization that has been fairly squeaky clean for most of its appearance, it's viewed as a, as, as a standard by which mo- most other countries should be running their programs, is as dark and filthy as, you know, the KGB. You know, in terms of how it deals with people and how it, how it tries to sweep things under the rug, and it just brings back, you know, the, the Chicago Blackhawks scandal from just, you no, know, we just got finished dealing with it. We're still feeling the fallout from that. It, it sort of begs the question is, when the fuck are we going to learn? When the fuck are people going to get this message through the thick skull? You can't hide shit. It, the skeletons come out eventually. Get down the open. At least show that you're, you're, on, like, you're admitting to it. And you're trying to make some changes. Granted, they, they've just brought in a whole new board. On on that board is one of the greatest women's players ever to play the game. Definitely have a voice you know, that can lead for change. Now then they, they, they got to see what they're going to do. I, I could go for an hour on this and I could rant. It's nothing that hasn't already been said, really. So this was this was a scandal that, you know, hurts a lot of us. Because either some of us played in hockey organizations that were ultimately answerable to Hockey Canada, or we had friends who did. We Hockey Canada is the organization that you know. Anytime someone says, "Oh, do you want to donate to this?" It helps Hockey Canada. Everyone always said yes because it was the fundamental grassroots of our game that we hold near and dear to our hearts, that we bleed, that we're born with like skates in our veins. We're, we're born on an ice rink. So it's I'm not even sure if shaken to the core is the best way to describe it. It's like the core crumbled. Our, our, our faith, at least my faith in the in the, the core of our game is badly, badly hurt. Um, it, it, it could take a generation to recover from, or two. Cole, you might want to hit that unmute button of yours, bud. I love you to death, oh. but that's the second time you've Thank done you. that. Thank <laughs> <laughs> oh. you. Rookie mistake, here we go. Um, yeah, Charles, honestly, like it, it baffles me with what happened in Chicago so many years ago that this took oh, no. so long to get out, though. Well, I know it wasn't that long ago, but if you really think about it, like it was pre-pandemic versus oh, this coming out. Yeah. But like it, it's crazy that something didn't, like nothing was said, nothing was kind of brought up of how much it got swept under the rug for decades. And it just like comes out now so many years later and it just nobody knew about it until the right the right the certain people knew about it but they kept their mouth shut for a long time and it's it's awful well those people for, those people that you say kept their mouth shut and you're absolutely right they enjoyed their seven-figure paychecks that they were getting and, and all the nice oh, 100 yeah so they're gonna keep their mouth shut but it, just disgusting um it is like I, i'm trying to keep my temper in check here guys and, and everyone listening if you hear me speaking the <laughs> animated this was this one's a little personal like i said that subject touches my life in a, in a unique way something to add to that too like is it's something that i can't get over is i run a provincial sport organization territorial i suppose Basically, everything I do as president of the board is transparent. My board members are not kept in the dark about anything. 
um, the public, when they ask, they're not kept in the dark about anything. I had a run in with a previous athlete who said, Hey, how did some of these athletes get selected for Canada games? Because clearly they're not up to standard. I showed him the standards. I showed him the selection policy. Um, this whole hockey Canada thing rattled me in a different way. Um, being that territorial sport leader and seeing that happen, we've seen it with Athletics Canada already. So we dealt with it at our own provincial territorial base level. And it's messy. It's messy and it shouldn't happen anymore. Um, based on the previous things that we've seen here in Canada with Athletics Canada, Gymnastics USA, you can go back years, yeah. decades, and see yeah. that this has been, been done by multiple organizations. And when it comes out, those organizations get crushed. Hockey Canada, everybody was gone. Every yeah. single member of that board, gone. Hockey Canada was crushed. Everybody that had been on that board got run over by the public. There's, there's no place for it anymore. If you've covered it up in the past, and this is going out to any sporting organization, if you've covered it up in the past, bring it out. Let's hear it. That's the only thing I can say. Let's hear it now before you get busted. Because if you get busted, you're going to get crushed. Absolutely. It's well said. Yeah, like there's so much to just have a whole board of governors and leaders in that organization just continue on status quo and then drag their heels. The board, the board resigned or some people did, but then the president had to be essentially told we're either kicking you out or resign. I mean, the better option is to resign, but the, the writing on for him was on the wall and it's, I'm glad they have a redo and there are people who are well-established in the hockey community, uh, tackling different issues. Uh, it's a start. It's, we're surely not done. Um, and there's a lot of work going forward. Um, Hockey Canada is not taking any um, fees this coming season. Uh, most provincial organizations have to pay a fee to be part of Hockey Canada because certain provincial organizations said we're not paying. Yeah. So it had to, you know, when you have threats like that, it's just to be looked at as a top nation in this sport and have your governing body just in shambles. Uh, we got a long way to go. So hopefully this is the start and we don't have to report on something like this next year. Um, but this is going to be felt for a long time. Yeah. And to the victims, uh, you know, there's obviously nothing that can be said uh, or done, but uh fortunate that your story is finally being told and uh, we hope that you get comfort uh, or something uh, out of this uh, because it's been silent for far too long so and, I, think uh, the, I think some of the fallout from the incident that you know the pebble that started this avalanche the, the London incident uh, I think that might have cost uh Alex Formanton, his NHL career. 
It's, uh, uh, there's yeah. no way in RFA negotiation. He's not. He's a talented hockey player. You got to be have some talent to play in the NHL. He's not as talented as William Nylander. Come on, let's just call it as, as simple as that. William Nylander, a couple years ago, when he, when he when he had his contract issues with the Leafs, and it came down to the final day, a few hours ahead of the deadline, that was all about money, about his role in the team. Formanton is not that talented of a player by comparison. He will not be a 30-goal scorer like Nylander can be. He will not be the, a cog that steer that uh, drives the engine of the Ottawa Senators. There is no reason, zero reason, why that contract negotiation should have taken as long as it did. Whether there's smoke, there's fire. Something's there. Something doesn't smell right with the performance. Because he was one of the few players on that team who didn't come out and say, I had no knowledge of the time and I was not part of this. Yeah, there's definitely something to it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the, all the stuff's there. If you want to look into it more, try and connect dots. Um, obviously, the, the public will not be told lots of things like that, but speculation can go for days on uh, what really took place in, unfortunately, multiple incidences, not just a singular one, which is really the most disheartening part about that. And disturbing. And Years. disturbing. Yeah. Well, uh, we head into, I guess, the more memorable portion because uh, it's the last three months uh, should be fresh in our minds. Uh, what stood out for, uh, other than the massive event uh, that just finished a few weeks ago, uh, what other uh, things come to mind when you think of uh, what happened in sports in the, the last quarter of the year? Well, you had the most exciting baseball playoffs, you know, as an overall. I mean, usually in the baseball playoff world, you get one series, maybe two, that's really appointment viewing. This year, there was actually there, there was no lackluster affair, even in those uh, playing game, like the best of three series, which was far more entertaining than I thought it would be, despite the heartbreak that, you know, us Jays fans are still feeling. Those games did not lack anything. Those No series lacked something. Everything had a big singular moment all the way into the World Series. With you know, I mean, I remember sitting with you guys here doing the MLB season preview nine, ten months ago and talking how the Philadelphia Phillies, if they were going to do anything, they would have to slug their way. We were right. Uh, they, they, they got to the World Series based solely pretty, pretty much off their power, the, the hitting. But just the emotion, some of those big hits – Reminiscent of, you know, 2015, the Blue Jays and 2016 Blue Jays, uh, the 04 Red Sox, some, some of those just great moments, uh, you know, that, that lull as the NFL is just kicking off those four or five first weeks teams, you're, you're trying to figure out is a hot team really contender or they just did they catch lightning in the bottle for four weeks? Is, a, is an established team going to turn it around? Still trying to figure all that stuff out. It really provided, you know, Something that something there else to talk about besides hockey preseason training camp and the start of the NFL season, where you're still separating real from fi- fact from fiction. Uh, it really gave gave something else to pay attention to. If you were tired of talking about one thing, you you, you had baseball playoffs, which was wildly entertaining. Wildly that is, entertaining. That is true. Probably the most memorable ba- baseball playoffs 
uh, in a long time. And not just like not just like the final, but the entirety of the playoffs actually Absolutely. was like you cared from every round. Well, and every game was pretty well entertaining too. There might have been one or two that were, you know, higher scoring, but they were all pretty close for the most part. And you know, teams were down by five and then they're up by two half an inning later. So it really, I, I don't know. I think it's the most entertaining playoffs I've watched myself as well. What about that 0 0 game between Tampa and uh, Cleveland that went 15, 16 innings? Yeah, forever. Oh, yeah. No, no runs forever. Like, that's wild. But, but it's also, it, it became almost entertaining. You're like, holy shit, like, when is someone going to score a run here? It was, it was almost entertaining to see when's this going to end and how? Yeah. Are we going to even get a hit? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> At one point, I was wondering. How long can it go is the real question when I was watching that. It's like, how are they still playing? Like, yeah. Playoff baseball, it'll never end. <laughs> Regular season, they just call it sometimes. They're just like, ah, we're done. You're out of dudes, we're done. Nope. Rumor has it they're still playing. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere they're still playing. <laughs> Well, that's a great segue into the last big sporting event of the year, and that was the first Winter World Cup. It was a little weird that it happened towards the end of the year, but Canada ending their uh, just 36-year drought, finally making the World Cup was a big event uh, over the course of two years, um, but probably the best final in our lifetime, uh, oh my goodness, leading to uh, kind of a, a, the exclamation point on who is the goat of soccer. Um, what were your takeaways of uh, Qatar 2022? Uh, because it's going to be one of those events where we're going to talk about what happened on the playing field, but everything else, all the controversies that led to Qatar getting the World Cup and the legacy afterwards is going to be a case study for years to come. Before we start talking about, you know, our takeaways on the world cup first, let's just give a moment here. Rest in peace, Pele. Uh, you know, one of the greats, uh, we all remember him when we were kids. He, it was, it was him and Diego Maradona, the two super heavyweight players on the, on the pitch. Um, sad day, sad day. May he rest in peace. Um, that said, hard to go from that into something energetic. That being said, holy shit, what a World Cup. Um, like, you had some wild upsets early in the round, Robin. Like, Argentina losing to... Saudi Arabia. Thank you. I try mind blank for a second. Thanks, Cole. <laughs> um, like, who hands up if you had that in, on your bingo card. Yeah, so exactly. None of us had that. Um, mm-hmm. The you know, the run by Croatia and uh, Mor- Morocco, like great on them. An African nation finally making it as far as they did, uh, upsetting the status quo. Uh, nice to see that in, in a sport where you don't usually see something like that go that far. Cinderella runs don't usually happen too often there. And the final. Can we I'm not sure if there's any words we could say that haven't already been said. 
but it could properly could properly encompass what that game was. And I got to give credit to my 13 year old stepson. He called that game going to penalties even before over before we got the injury time. He called that game going to penalties way ahead of time. So I've got to give him a little shout out to him there. He he knew where that game was going and he was absolutely right. Um, but Messi and Mbappe. Wow. Like I just I'm still getting goosebumps. I'll start off by talking about how amazing that tournament was, like the the upsets, the controversy in some of the games, the Ronaldo being benched halfway through the first in the games that mattered. And then the reason why they lost. And it's like, oh, how stupid was that coach and general manager? Was he stupid, that, though? I, I mean, I don't know. I feel like he's probably your best player. You should probably play him the whole game. I don't know why you need to rest him for a half. I get you had your differences. But at what point do you put the team above? At what point does a player who puts himself above the team become a problem? Fair. But. Not exactly working out for a LeBron in LA these days doing it that way. That's true. Sorry. Sorry, Cole. Give me this stuff. Oh, it's all good. (laughs) Uh, And then you have that incredible final Messi versus Mbappe. I mean, Patrick by Mbappe. Those goals within like forty-five seconds or something stupid like that apart. Ninety-seven seconds. Ninety-seven. I know. Ninety-seven seconds that, but... that could have haunted Messi forever. Yeah. Um, but I mean, out of everything that happened, amazing World Cup. Canada went there and tried their best. They scored some goals. That's what that mattered. Would have been nice to get a win, but, you know, there's the next World Cup in North America. Um, But aside from that, there was so much off the field that happened that kind of – they were lucky that some of these games were as amazing as they were Mm. because it kind of hid some of the backlash of all the workers that died prior to building all the stadiums and – the American soccer analyst suddenly dying um, at, in the middle or uh, at an arena at the pitch and like a lot of different things coming out, the rainbow flag and the anybody wearing a rainbow patch had to be asked to remove it. You're right, Justin, there will be a lot of things coming out later on. I feel like in the, years slowly trickling out what actually happened in Qatar. Well, I can see a very big uh, compare and contrast uh, when 2026 comes around in the months leading up, you know, like even just like how close together all the stadiums were in Qatar versus all the thousands of kilometers between stadiums in Canada, Mexico, uh, United States how many stadiums are still standing in Qatar versus you know, all that stuff is oh, yeah. kind of, plus all the reports that are still being done. We got two documentaries on Netflix just before the tournament. So it's, I hope someone does one after, cause there's just, 
so much that happened off the pitch yeah. during this World Cup that weren't really – that were kind of talked about, but because of how all the games and the upsets and how good this World Cup was, it was kind of like swept under the rug a bit. And unless you really followed some of those headlines, that nothing really – uh, nothing really kind of came about, so I, it'll be interesting. I hope someone does something on it like that. But a, a great World Cup, a lot happened. Just before Kenzie jumps in, I have one question. Maybe we can try and answer it. I know it's kind of rhetorical, but it touches on Justin talking about the scandals and the voting process. FIFA knows who lines their wallets. They they know who their big sponsors are. What in their right minds, like who in their right minds thinks it's a good idea when one of your major sponsors is a beer company and you're going to go to a dry country? Now, I will say, Charles, they so I was listening to uh, the Rubber Boots podcast with James Duffy and they were talking because he was down there. They did have hotels that did sell alcohol and stuff, but But the whole arena, yeah, you can't like. It was all non-alcoholic beer at the stadiums itself. It's because they were promised, Budweiser was promised that they'd be allowed to, and then... Three days ahead of time. Exactly. They they knew, the government knew they were never going to let it happen, but they had to make, you know... Yeah, but still, hey, good on Argentina. They got $75 million worth of beer. Yeah, they did. Those... (laughs) Those four plus million people that turned out for the parade where the players had to be airlifted by helicopter to get out, that beer is going to go a long way in a short amount of time. That's oh, that was hilarious. That was probably my favorite part was the whole controversy around the beer. Now Argentina wins it all. Um, <laughs> one question, though, about the World Cup. And again, it's rhetorical because we know what happened if you were paying attention, but where was Italy? Oh, 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 oh. bam! Whoa, Whoa. they were out of their pasta. That was something I didn't see coming. No, no one Usually saw that. They're, they're one of those powerhouses that's normally in. Um, and I just wanted to bring it up here so we didn't forget about it because, whoa, was I shocked when that happened. I'll do you one better in 2026. There are now 48 teams instead of 32. That as well. A big house European country will not make the 48 team roster. Okay, Justin, you you, you put that hot take out. Now double down. Who's it going to be? That's hard to say (laughs) at this point. I, I only say because I I don't know what players intentions are because players always say, like, you know, Belgium, like they say like, oh, this is, you know, if all those generational players are not coming back, it could be Belgium. They could go from number two in the world to not even qualifying. Um, now, again, in Europe, it all depends on their new qualification structure. I don't know what that looks like for because they get a lot more teams this time around. Um, but like it could be a te- like. I don't want to say Croatia because uh, Modric is the only one that's retiring. They still retain a core, um, but it could be a, a team like Belgium that's 
uh, reeling and, you know, the, it could even be a team Well, Mexico gets in, but their coach is done uh, after not advancing. So there were, there were teams like Canada that didn't advance, but are in a good position. They just got, you know, luck of the draw. That's part of the, and you didn't score enough goals and win games, but there are teams like Mexico, Belgium, um, Germany, even um, the teams that didn't advance that were expected to into the final 16 that are kind of in the, what do we do now stage? And they have a year. Now the European teams have the Euro qualifiers coming up. So that's going to tell us a lot uh, going into 2024, what the Euros look like. That'll give us a better understanding. And I think at that point, I'd be able to tell you who will not qualify. That's fair. Sorry, I had to put you on the spot. No, I, no, no. That and I, as soon as I said it, I'm like, I'm gonna have to come up with a country. Um, I think <laughs> it, I could quickly look it up, but I think once I understand, uh, because that's part of the nerd in me, is understanding qualifiers, like we were talking about with the World Juniors. Uh, I love to see how the Division One under just underneath and Division Two and Two A, how those like how P and relegation, all that. I love to nerd out on that so understanding the processes of how teams qualify for certain tournaments like the world cup i think once i understand the new process for uh europe uh, because they get the most amount of teams available uh, i think then i mean because it might be laid out where it's kind of like you might get one surprise team and then all the big hitters are there as you expected because that's how it's laid out or it could be kind of along the same lines where you got to win your division or you win your pool to automatically go. And then you get a, well, Portugal might not make it. And oh, Italy lost to North Macedonia. And North Macedonia almost kicked out Portugal too. So, like, if it's something like that, then we'll definitely get some surprises in some first time countries. But until I see that, how it's laid out. It's hard to say. But I, I will take, like, don't get me wrong, soccer can be a hard sport to watch sometimes. But I will take any World Cup that has a final, even remotely like what we just watched. Oh, for sure. That was probably the best. And In our like, to live up to that one, yeah, will be very hard. So here's a little moment of nerdiness for you, Justin. UEFA will be releasing their qualification format for the 2026 World Cup on the 25th of January. There we go. Asking you shall receive, my friend. So. I, knew, I knew it wasn't out yet. <laughs> it's like, it's got to be somewhere. I wasn't sure if they were going to release it before or after the qualifiers for the Euro 2024 started. So... And those don't start until the summer after uh, they get through the all the seasons because they were put on hold for longer than they usually are because normally the World Cup does not happen now. So, all right. And that's 2022 in a nutshell from our brains uh, posted all across Canada. We're going to get into now our top moments. Uh, so we've uh, I've tasked the group to come up with five, of course, having more because they'll probably be repeat. 
Uh, and of course, we're going to talk about our top athletes as well. Uh, we won't bother trying to compile a list because it's how do we rank one thing over another? It gets very minute. Um, so who would like to go first with one of their top moments of the year? I'll jump in. Um, seeing Tiger Woods tee off of the Masters has to be one of my favorite moments of the year. Um, after that devastating, life-altering car crash and hearing about the injuries and pretty well giving up on him for his entire golf career, you, you, like he'll never do this again kind of thing. Um, seeing him tee off and play was really, really cool. Well, I'll chime in with one, and it was very recent. Something that I don't think any of us thought we'd ever see is a second person passing Mr. Hockey on the all-time goal-scoring list. Uh, Mr. Alexander Ovechkin hit 802, only now has Gretzky to catch. I'm sure a lot of us had written him off from hitting this far years ago when he had a couple of by his standards, down years, only getting 30 and 35 goals. But for some guys, it was a career year. <laughs> like, yeah. When, when we say a 35-goal year is a down year, like, holy shit. But he's he's lit a match under his own ass, or someone else lit the fire under his ass. Last few years, he's been back to the old OV. And now he's made – he's it, 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 it's a reality that he could catch Gretzky. Barring some major injury, it's we're talking reality here. So I, mean, I, I think for a record that most people thought would stand till time ended. Uh, me, it's a huge moment, huge moment. Let me tell you, being in Edmonton, the oh amount of radio, the, the morning after I turned on the radio, wasn't even sports talk radio. I hadn't gotten there yet. The amount of people that were like, you could hear it in their voices. They, they were nervous. They, it's it's absolutely a possibility. Uh, less than a hundred. It's we don't know unless an injury happens. How you know OV looks great. So it's absolutely a possibility. And they were kind of like, obviously playing fun with it, being morning radio hosts. But they were kind of like, no, like go away, like stop it. So it's in this city. It's it's no yeah. longer an impossible record to, to catch. Just a quick, Honestly, quick, quick little stick tap there. Both Ovi and Crosby, they've been playing now since 0506. Both still look like they got miles to go in them. So stick tap there. Honestly, I don't see Ovi stopping hockey until he hits that record. Like for him, it's just to that point, I feel like it's like, he already told the team, don't rebuild until I hit that record. I don't want to do this in a rebuild. And I, how do you say no to that? You don't. And I got a question for you, Charles. Sure. If it weren't for the lockout year and the shortened year, would he already hit the record? All right. I'll, let me ask you this. Before I give you your answer, let me ask you this. If the lockout year... And the short, no, the full year, and then the shortened year, and then the pandemic bullshit. If does the NHL still have the same rules today as it as it did coming out of the lockout? 
or would they still have, would it have taken many more years before they eliminated the red line? Because if they don't eliminate the red line when they do, he doesn't have a hope in hell. He does, like he's he's probably still a hundred goals back to where he should be. It's a good like, question. I didn't think about that, but yeah, yeah. So I I, I honestly I, I hate to put an asterisk there because it, the game is the game. It is the way it is. But t- today's game is as close as we've been to how the game was played during Gretzky's years and how wide open it is. So, speaking of, uh, Sorry to interrupt. Speaking of great goal scorers, Connor Bedard just tied the record. There we go. Good, good on Connor there, Bedard. There we go. He needs that, one more, and it'll be his. How far, how far out of hand is that game right now, by the way? It's 10-0. <laughs> I've got it on mute, very small in the corner, but it's ten nothing. The shots are forty two hundred. So I, I couldn't put it on down where I'm at here. I, I would have been watching that, and I, I'm, I'm about to put my focus here. So I, I, I haven't. I watched like the first twelve minutes before before we open up the meeting here. Uh, but to get back to Cole, your question: If the NHL doesn't have the lockout, but they don't change the rules. No, Ovi is not even close to catching Gretzky. He might not even be at approaching Howe yet. He'd still be probably top five, top six all time, no doubt. But, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, now, if Ovi comes into the league and they still change the rules, he's caught Gretzky by now. Or he's, or, like, he's like two goals away from Gretzky at this point. Like, he's like, we're knocking on Gretzky's door at the very yeah. minimum. It's already passed him. So Easily. Th- th- that's as best I can answer your question, because no, you know, it, it you know it, it's one of those woulda coulda shoulda, you know yeah. alternate dimension alternate reality. We would we, love to look into it, but it it all depends on how the NHL changes their rules or if they if they ever do. What would he have caught it playing that extra year? Could be a good what if for a future episode. But before we go down that rabbit hole further. Here's the, here's the second part of the what if, and this is going to fuck with your brain some more. If the NHL doesn't have that season-long lockout, does Canada have that dream team? No. Not yeah. at all. <laughs> no, but just th- think, think about all that. Think about the, the team and, and, and how, how the, the program continued because of that oh, lockout. Oh, for oh, sure. Absolutely. You don't yeah. have that team, though. You've got no, guys yeah. playing on that team that would have been in the NHL and not loaned. Yeah. By any country, not just Canada. Exactly, but no, it's, it's just think about that. Think about the the domino effect that would have had across the hockey world without the season long lockout. So in a way, we kind of actually have to say thank you to that. I'd say for me, one of my favorite top moments this year. Uh, I'm a big F1 guy, uh, so I'd say seeing uh, Max Verstappen lapping Lewis Hamilton at the Emilia Romano Grand Prix in Italy um, had to be one of my favorite top moments as a fan of F1 seeing like, kind of like the changing of the guard realistically from like Lewis to Max. Um, but even just seeing him lap Lewis, like lapping someone doesn't very happen very often, but lapping one of the top racers in their generation. Uh, and the year that Max Verstappen had is absolutely outstanding for Red Bull. Uh, so kind of seeing that was like, holy crap, did that really just happen? Why are you talking about Lewis Hamilton like he's Lightning McQueen in Cars 3? 
just no max for just the, the, the the car is like he's old and riddled and he can't compete with the, the... <laughs> damn Lewis <laughs> Hamilton's funny. nowhere close to retiring either it's just it's not even like this was his last year he raced like it is hard to argue that well, one of my uh, top things happened. Uh, of course, you know, Messi winning it all. That's a pretty good. Uh, we talked about that in Canada soccer in general. But uh, Canadian tennis winning their first ever Davis Cup. And uh, they were brought into the tournament because Russia was kicked out. Uh, and, you know, there was a little bit of controversy because they beat Australia in the final. And Australia kind of had a hissy fit being like oh they shouldn't have even been there they didn't blah 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 they strapped it together they came together and um they beat everyone just like they had to and they finished on top for the first time ever uh canada tennis is being put on the map and we have a good core young talents so 2024 olympics look out Two sports that this country has never done very well at, soccer and tennis. We are really changing the way we're perceived on the international stage, uh, both on the men's and women's side. It's not just one side or the other. I mean, the women winning the in soccer, winning the Olympic gold, men making the World Cup for the first time uh, in most of our lifetimes. Uh, you know, tennis, w- women and men rising up and making names for themselves, not just being all your Canadian-born player, you're the only one on the circuit. No, you're actually Canadian-born, you're kicking the crap out of everybody. Yeah. So it, it, it's, it's, it's... How do you not get more, like, amped up to be patriotic about your country when, you know, sports you're not normally excelling at, suddenly, now you're in the upper echelon. Now you're up in that category of being going against heavyweights and winning. Kenzie, what is another top moment for you? Oh, let me get my list. There's a whole bunch. Because who remembers back to January? One thing I'll touch on here, and I found it kind of interesting, was um, Georgia in college football. Their quarterback, Stetson Bennett, was a walk-on. Um, basically for his whole... Yeah. Yeah. Basically, for his entire football career, he was told, you're too small, kid. You're too small, kid. He walked on at high school, won a state championship. Um, walks on at Georgia. Hey, I want to play quarterback. Dude, you're too small. Get out of here. A national championship. Now he's got them undefeated and number one ranked program in the country. Stetson Bennett has been unbelievable for being counted out basically his entire career. So just want to shout out to Georgia and Stetson Bennett. They're two. That national championship was amazing too. Ooh, what a game. There are two names that immediately come to mind when, when, when you talk about stories like this, I mean, good on, good on the kid. He, he stuck with it and he's going to live his dream and he's probably going to go to the NFL. So good on him. Congratulations. There are two names. One's a, one was a former NFL quarterback. One was an NHL player. 
that immediately come to mind for being told they're too small, too small, and they go on to be Hall of Famers, both of them. The NFL quarterback was Drew Brees, told forever he was too small, would never make it. Oh, look, he wound up setting some passing records that have since been broken. But for quite a few years, he was among the top five, top six quarterbacks in the league. He's one of the greatest to ever do it. Amen. Undeniable. The hockey player is the current coach of the Montreal Canadiens, Martin Saint-Louis. And he playing most of the prime of his career in an era where a guy under 5'10 shouldn't have, shouldn't have been succeeding. Wins an MVP, wins a scoring title, wins a Stanley Cup. First ballot Hall of Famer. So, the, the, the quote-unquote physical underdog, it, it's got to be one of the greatest stories ever told. When you're told yeah. time and time again, you're too small, you can't play. And when you're finally giving your shot, Man, you just light it up. Size isn't always everything for... Sure thing, Yoda. (laughs) (laughs) Size helps, but it's not everything. 100%. We've got our stories. We've seen them. You see them all the time. I mean, Kenzie, it's a perfect... I think you might be one of the best examples. You're by your own admission, you're 5'8". 5'8". You can measure me. Ain't lying to you. (laughs) But I mean, I like, and, and you've done things and you've succeeded in life. You've probably done things that no five foot eight guy should probably be thinking about doing. Yep. <laughs> there you go. I got size, but I also have the injuries that go with size. Um, I'll add in now, speaking of size, my next moment, my next great moment of the season, an athlete deals with size. And we spoke about him just before we came on air. A certain six foot seven center fielder for the New York Yankees setting the American League home run record. Yes, all rise. I am speaking of Aaron Judge finally giving us a, a power hitter clean of steroids. Finally, we talk about some guy who can jack home runs. Now, there's a few power hitters in baseball who can do this, but Judge Judge stands alone when he makes every ballpark look small. Like he looks like he's playing on a little league field <clears throat> with how he hits home runs and just effortlessly sends it 400 feet. Also, the guy that caught the the record-setting <laughs> ball, uh, he kept yeah. it and could have made a lot turned more down, money. Turned turned down three million dollars. And uh, he only he got less than half for that ball. So, yeah, don't take business advice from that guy. <laughs> no, but honestly, kudos to Aaron Judge. For, like he put his future on his back that season. Like he was at a signing time. He's like, no, I'm gonna fall out and see what I get my offers. And Made he deserves pay. every single dollar that the Yankees are paying him now with that contract like i will that's, say that is what you this do this is the only contract where you look at it and you go i guess that makes sense yeah of all the crazy baseball contracts he's the only one that goes yeah okay i yeah oh yeah but all the others just cuckoo bananas <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> when you think about it, I mean, baseball, it's the one sport really where one guy can take the whole team on his back and actually lead them for that long of a season. Yes. Not even basketball can you can you do it for that long no. anymore. You definitely can in hockey. Definitely can in football. But well, no, it's uh on us you know, on a I side have no love for the New York Yankees. Yeah. <laughs> I have no love for them whatsoever, but I gotta give respect and gotta give gotta give your props to judge also for what kind of a set of balls of steel does he have to openly say, no, I'm betting on myself and then in my walk year, I'll, I'll take a one-year deal and then you're going to pay me in the offseason. Then he goes out and matches 62 home runs. Like, damn. I, I, I don't know anyone else out there who had that kind of ball to, to pretty much bet on themselves in that manner. Yeah. On a sadder note, go ahead, Cole. Oh, I was going to say Lamar Jackson tried to, but then uh, he saw how that happened. (laughs) Uh, On a sadder note, one of the things that uh, we should talk about is um, uh, not everyone in in the world has proper measures when it comes to sporting events. And we saw that in Indonesia. Uh, when rubber bullets were fired into the stadium during a post-game celebration uh, and which caused a massive stampede uh, and 130 people died uh, in a stampede uh, caused by the police uh, firing stuff into the stands, which caused people to corral and trying to get out and also on the field. So Uh, That has really opened up the eyes uh, for going around the world when it comes to how to police big crowds, Uh, especially we've seen that in Britain, the resurgence and the uh, altering of fans and alcohol in the stands during the match, um, but hasn't caught up elsewhere in the in the world. Uh, That was one of the uh, uh, darker moments that happened this year. Uh, over in Indonesia. Does anybody have a more cheerful story to go off of that? I'll give you a cool one because I still think this is like the coolest thing that's ever happened to me. Um, was watching the Olympic curling and I watch a lot of curling actually. Um, I also play sometimes, not very good, but like a deer on the ice. It's not good. Um, <laughs> was watching Team Denmark earlier in the year, and uh, I have them on Instagram. And I follow their skip as well, because she's always posting pictures of her family doing crazy things and going on vacations and stuff. And when they won the medal, I reached out to them and I said, hey, congratulations, guys. And the skip actually private messaged me herself and said, hey, thanks for all the support. <laughs> Even though I'm Canadian. So I thought that was pretty cool. Got a little message from an Olympian. Your best friends now. Pretty well. <laughs> no, but I've sent her a few messages here and there. They um they just won the Euro for women's. So I sent them another message and she replied again. So 
been getting messages from Olympic curlers. It's kind of cool. Kenzie's got hookup for curling now. In Denmark. <laughs> hey, it's a start. Uh, yeah. That's our Can't get can't get to those Canadians just yet. <laughs> but the Danes will entertain me. I think I think there's gonna be one moment and it, it, it sort of encompasses the whole year. And we touched on it on several other episodes. Um, you know, as, as we were previewing and reviewing seasons that have come and gone. But how about just a little bit of normalcy back in the stands and this crowds gather across every sport? You know, the World Cup, you had 70, 80, 100,000 people in the stands. It's great having baseball, 20, 25, 40,000 people, football, 70, 80,000, Dallas, 100,000. Crowds back together again. I want to say I we, I want to say we felt that the most here in Canada when the playoffs happened. Yes, for for hockey because yeah we saw it with the NFL and the Super Bowl was I mean Super Bowl they still they said they had limitations I don't believe really? them based they they said That's there was a little bit but, um and yeah baseball <laughs> oh, was just getting started so other than. <laughs> Other than like the home opener, you're not going to have a sellout crowd rate in April. Yeah. Besides the home opener. Uh, so the first, at least for Canada wise, it was the NHL playoffs. Um, and, you know, it also helped with uh, a battle of Alberta in the playoffs for the first time in 33 years. Man, then, Justin, you live, you live out there. We talked about it a couple of times during the playoffs. But just quickly recap for us, you know, because out here we all remember the battles of Ontario, Toronto, Ottawa. We remember Montreal, Toronto. We remember Montreal, Quebec City. But just recap for us in like 2022 what an Edmonton-Calgary series felt like out there. I mean, it's, it's always extra exciting when two Canadian teams play in – the playoffs against each other when it's your in provincial rival, which we can only get two of those uh, right now. Um, it makes it extra special and something that hasn't happened in a generation uh, and two teams that where fans just absolutely hate each other, two cities that just love to rag on each other when something goes wrong. Um, they love to be like, yeah, that sounds like Calgary or like, Oh, Edmonton's just, just so dirty just uh so every minute thing was under a microscope in those two weeks and well not even two weeks but it just every single day that's all that consumed the city it didn't matter what was happening kids on field trips didn't listen to what you were saying Signs on the highway were just jokes and support. Uh, restaurants and pubs were packed. And it was, if you weren't watching the game, you were either at work saving people's lives where you couldn't have a TV in front of you, or you were just the biggest Scrooge in the world for some reason. 
because uh, it brought together people that didn't even watch or care about sports, but just the community aspect. I think that's the biggest impact I'll take away. I had no dog in the race, but it felt so good to see the whole city come together in support of the team, rally about it. People were excited. Um, people talked to strangers about it. Uh, you really felt like the whole community was being brought together. And that's that's the power of NHL playoffs. It brings cities together on rides that they didn't know they needed. And it was a good kind of push back to normalcy uh, at a time where we weren't quite sure what was going to happen. Oh, I long for the days of the Quebec Nordiques coming back so that way Montreal and Quebec could go at it one more time. Damn, like so that is send all your support for uh no on proposition whatever number arena in Arizona. Uh please write your local senator, uh, because it's up to the citizens uh of uh where are they putting Tempe? Is that where Tempe Tempe Tempe, yeah. What whatever city in Arizona, just say no. Just it's up to you. Bring them back. Long live Mullet Arena. <laughs> or not. The fact that <laughs> I guess yeah, we didn't touch on that, but like the fact that they say, oh, they're going great when you can't even sell out a five thousand ticket stadium. But you're you're gonna you're gonna do great. I've seen baseball games in Ottawa draw more. Yep. And for the Justin and Cole grew up here, they know what I'm talking about. For those of you who don't know, Ottawa is not a baseball town. Unless the Blue Jays are playing, then we might care. But when you can draw more fans for a baseball game, not even a major league baseball game, for a triple-A game in Ottawa, then the Coyotes can draw for a home game. You've got a problem. Is there any other top stories, moments that we haven't talked about? Or should we head on to top athletes of the year? I think it's uh, top athletes. And this one is going to, I guarantee one of us is going to say something that's going to spark a debate and then like, like both <laughs> try to use the screen and kill each other. <laughs> I imagine so. So as we transition, uh, we want to say congratulations on your retirement. Coach K uh, retired as a coach uh, for Duke. Sue Bird. Uh, one of the best female uh, basketball players to ever live in the world. Doesn't matter your country. Uh, Albert Pujols hit 700, over 700 home runs uh, in his final swan song. We all kind of hoped he'd do it, but we weren't sure. Vintage Albert came to play and uh, put his name in history. Uh, we also had two goats of Tennis, Serena Williams and Roger Federer retire. Uh, the tennis world is changing. Lots of younger talents, people who we don't really know because they, they weren't there when we grew up. But Serena and Roger, just constant threats to win tournaments. Serena, possibly the, the greatest tennis player of all time. And it, I don't think there's anybody who can... Compete with that, Roger up there as well. Uh, and in a few years, Rafa Nadal and Djokovic will retire as well. And there'll be new 
new kings of tennis and uh, kind of cycle through. And of course, uh, like said earlier, Pele recently died. Uh, as well, we lost Bill Russell uh, and recently Franco Harris. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, some uh, big, big names in the sporting world uh, have left us with giant holes uh, in our hearts, but just full of memories. There's one name you're missing, Justin. Salming. So I will say this. He must have slipped because he did he did die, yes, but and uh, of course I'm not a Leafs fan, so um, but I don't really know much about him. To me, that's it's a name that never comes up. Um, so yeah. I'm not shocked that I forgot, but uh without without him, your auto Islanders never have Daniel Alperton and Eric Carlson. Just put it that yeah. way, man. You don't I, have I, yes. players, period. Yeah. But it's just so funny, someone so impactful that I just, I I, I want to think I had never heard the name until maybe five years ago. I mean, the guy played, and there's stories upon stories in which people listening can look up and they can read that's true. People tried to kill him on the ice routinely. They there there, there were some players from Canada and in America who didn't like the idea of a sweep playing in the NHL. They thought it was a bad idea. There were people who tried to take a lot of liberties with him. And there was a lot of nights where he, where he needed stitches and he needed you know medical attention after games because he was so beat up. And he did that for 16, 17 years. Um, all the while, you know, very humble, classy person. Um a, a real like if you could somehow photocopy what an NHL player should be in terms of his grace and humility and just the way he just carries himself walking not even just carries himself in terms of the media just the way he walked Oreo Stallman would be one of those guys you would be using as, as the the original for a photocopier that is true yeah oh uh, yeah no disrespect or anything it's just it one of those names that just fell through the crack in my knowledge and but uh very very much an impactful player for the nhl and uh people born outside north america opening up the doors think of every great swede who came along in the 90s and ever since and you owe it to solving that they're here the sedine twins for people out in the west in Vancouver, like without without Salmon, there's no Sedin twins. And you don't get one of the best draft day stories of all time from Brian Burke. Oh my god, that story is great. Which is still fantastic, even now. <laughs> that story doesn't get old about how he managed to get those draft picks. So if anyone listening here, go on YouTube. You can look it up. There's a there's a condensed version that's about six minutes long. There's a longer one that's closer to half an hour. Great story. It's... I watched the six minute one the other day, actually, because I was like, that's wild. I need to hear that again. You oh, it's so mind boring. You just don't believe it. Well, yeah, we lost a lot of giants this year in, in the world of sports. People who changed the game. And when we say the game, I mean all sports. They, they changed their sport. Uh, 
You know, we could we we could spend a whole episode talking about what what all these people did. We definitely could. Uh, so, who are some of your athletes that really stood out to you uh, in twenty twenty two? Uh, I'm going to go a little off the board. Uh, people wouldn't probably say this name right first, but for Women's International Hockey Team Canada, Marie-Philippe Poulain. She was the, first, say, Charles, name, she was she was the first name that came to mind. Yeah. Easy she, pick. You know, She's Canada's Athlete of the Year, not just based on gender, but she was voted Canada's Athlete of the Year. Um, deservedly so. Deservedly so. She's 100%. Uh, only uh, athlete to score in five straight gold medal games. And just a powerhouse. Everyone thought when Haley Wickenheiser was stepping down from Team Canada, like, who's going to lead us? Who's going to be that next? We didn't need to fear. We, there was, she was there ready to go. And just to touch on her for a, a brief second. She still has her playing career. She still plays internationally as well. She has a job waiting with the Montreal Canadiens when she retires. And now she's a part of the board of directors for Hockey Canada. She just got named to that as well. And during Hockey Canada's clean sweep and bringing in a, a, a new board and a new a new, uh, new new people to run the, the organization after the scandal. So can there be anyone better this year than her? I guess I'll go. So, uh, Continuing on the train of uh, Canada tennis, we have a young phenom named Felix Auger-Assem from Montreal. And uh, FAA just won three tournaments in a row, uh, is in the top 10 rankings of the tennis world, and helped Canada uh, win the Davis Cup. Uh, he's a force to be reckoned with. And I believe he is only 21, 22, born in the year 2000. So kids, uh, kids going places <laughs> and he's so young, him and, um, Forget her name, Dennis. but no, no, no. Oh, Andrea. What's her name? Yasku. Not, uh, not Bianca and dressed you. It's Layla Freya. Yes, yeah. Layla. Yes. I was like, who's the other one? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're going to lead Canada tennis for quite a few years. Yeah. yeah. Our, yeah, they all came up and grew up together as like a core. Yeah. yeah. Layla's only 20. She's also from Montreal. So our, our lookout world because there yeah. are new tennis yeah. champions emerging and it's only a matter of time. I'll throw one out. Um, for top athlete, possibly one of the greatest soccer players of all time, now capped it off with a World Cup, Lionel Messi. Um, the guy's done everything, won everything. Yep. Set records everywhere. What else can you say? 
and quite deservingly won the golden uh, boot. Mm-hmm. There was no doubt. It had to be Lionel Messi scored two goals and kept them in it. Can't ask for anything else. Well, um, I had Felix, and I had all of those people, actually. But uh, that's okay. I'm going to go with uh, Max Verstappen, uh, winning back-to-back Formula One championship titles. Uh, The last year was just edging out Lewis for the spot at the last Grand Prix. Uh, This one, he clean-sweeped the field winning a majority of all the races he had the lead for the whole grand prix in points well into the season there was no kind of question he was going to be top notch um he's really come a long way uh since driving with danny ricardo uh for red bull and then finally taking that number one seat uh he is he is the future of formula one racing he goes all out. He is a top athlete. I'm going to throw one out here, just uh, a little subcategory, just for a moment. But I was just thinking about it earlier today for a top celebrity in connection with a sporting club, and that's going to be Ryan Reynolds. No one in the city of Ottawa had really cared about the Senators for the last couple of years. The moment. Yeah, that's because I moved away, okay? You don't have to keep rubbing in my face. Okay, but to be fair, the moment, the, the first whisper you heard that Reynolds wanted in, suddenly you had eyes on the product again. Oh, big and time. The, the entire city, I mean, Cole, you're not too far away in Peterborough, so you might hear a lot more of it, but Justin, you're way away. The city is a buzz every day about this. The amount of ink that has been written for like online, I say ink, figuratively speaking, for online art, online newspapers and stuff. But the amount of articles written about what Ryan Reynolds could bring to the Senators being involved and like how the NHL wants him now to be involved in, the, in a new Sens ownership group. Uh, it's definitely got more people paying attention to the Ottawa Senators than they have in the re- since, pretty much since 2017. So you got to give a little kudos to Ryan Reynolds for in his own way, reviving a market that had been hit hard. Not I only one of the coolest owners in the NHL. Like I could see him sitting in the stands with the fans. hundred <laughs> percent. Start the not, wave. Not only <laughs> does Ryan Reynolds want in, but apparently the weekend is interested as well. So oh, that sounds like an ownership group. Let's go. Let's sign the papers. I could do without the weekend. Ryan Reynolds would be great. With the weekend, can go do something else. You don't like the weekend? I like the weekend. Got some good 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 jams. He puts on a good show. I will say, I went to the Super Bowl halftime show. Show was. I slept through it. (laughs) I would like to say Charles does not speech for uh, the entirety of the Sports Night podcast, Mister Weekend, and uh, we. You are a wonderful performer. Um, <laughs> would love oh. to go see your show again. Uh, I, 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 take, <laughs> I take nothing from him. I, I, I'm not saying he's bad. I'm just saying 
don't think he'd be what the senate what, what the senators would want, but what the city needs. He could go do something. He go do something somewhere else. We're just going to collect a bunch of rich people from over Canada. So Reynolds is from BC. The weekend's from uh, Southern Ontario. We just need uh, a rich tycoon that's not an Irving from the Maritimes. And some... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Someone else and we're good to go. Get a rich oil baron from out here and bada bing. Well, we've talked about a few, so um, I want to highlight one that uh, ended their career. Uh, that is Brian McCarver. Uh, the name probably sounds familiar to you. He's been to six Paralympic Games and has won 20 medals, 16 of them gold, and has been a force to be reckoned with uh, at each Olympics. This was his final one, finally holding, uh, hanging up the boots. Um, but he is one of the most remarkable Olympic or Paralympic athlete Canada has ever had. Um, and uh, he's going to be certainly involved going forward. I can see him being a chef de mission at a future Olympics, uh, maybe even Absolutely. running um, Canada cross country or uh, Canada Olympics uh, going that high. Uh Dude knows how to compete, and uh, it's not going to be the same without you. Uh, so congratulations on a wonderful career and a way to cap it off with uh, another medal. I don't think he's done either. Um, he's done competing, sure, but I, th- I think he takes up a position somewhere. Yeah, oh, sport. for sure. Coaching, board, official, whatever. He's uh, not done. We haven't heard the end of him. Chef de Mission, absolutely, hundred percent. See that coming up? Yeah, hundred percent. I can see any of it, really. It's dependent on what he wants. Pretty much. Yeah. If he doesn't want to do anything, if he's done with it. He deserves to be done with it. But I don't think he is. Athletes that stick around that long, they're never, never keen on retiring. Yeah, and leaving. Oh, I'll go coach my kids, I guess. <laughs> so. All right. Any other athletes we want to shout out? Have we ticked all the boxes? Well, I mean, <laughs> all right, Lee fans, sorry. Shout out Nazem Kadri. Hey, yo. Hey. <laughs> hey, there we go. Shout out Nazem Kadri. Um, shook the label that he acquired as a member of the Maple Leafs for the way he played the game and the, who he was as a, as a player and a person. And that interview, right as they won the Stanley Cup, right after they won the Stanley Cup, when he said, everyone can kiss my ass pretty much for how, how, what, what you thought of me and labeled me and boxed me in as a particular kind of player. Uh, the injuries he overcame in the playoffs – Scored a critical goal that won a game for them and that really gave out the avalanche to the momentum in the, in the whole series. But just persevering through a lot of, you know, tough seasons. You know, a couple times made some boneheaded plays that cost the Maple Leafs all the momentum and in reality might have cost them some playoff series. 
which has only added to the, the misery that the, those fans and franchise feel. So, but it becomes the, the latest X leaf to shake the leaf curse and lift the Stanley Cup. Phil Kessel among them. Uh, name a few others, but we, we won't torture the Leaf fans too badly. But I uh, got to give that. And also for having a great season as contract year, like Aaron Judge, and then make good bank. Not quite Judge, not quite the bank Aaron Judge made. <laughs> but uh, making good bank and then, you know, getting the pay that he rightfully deserves as a free agent this year. What a way to end it. So we got 2023 coming up. Uh, any excitement we have for 2023? Uh, we have the usuals, all the championships uh, in a non-Olympic year. Um, anything to look forward to? Or just... Oh, I mean, as sports fans, there's always something to look forward to. I mean, baseball... We only got about six, seven weeks before pitchers and catchers report for spring training. That's the beauty so, thing. Once, once uh, we get through essentially you know, the holiday season, uh, may, you know, dredge through January, but that's the start of NFL playoff. By the end of the Super Bowl, pitchers and catchers are reporting. Spring training's around the corner, and that just means it's springtime and winter is practically over. But there's really nothing. There's nothing to get your spirits down. 2023 is going to be a good year. And I predict. Here's Justin, you've had a couple of hard, very ballsy hot takes. This year, Canadian team wins the Stanley Cup. I'm calling it now in December, four months before the playoffs even start. The cup ends, the cup curse ends this year. There will be a Canadian team that makes it all the way and wins it. Oh, geez, I was just going to say a Canadian team makes the, the final, but. And of course, as hockey fans, we have the trade deadline coming up. That's always appointment viewing. There's, there's several big names that are going to get moved this year. Someone's going to load up. We all know where Patty Kane wants to go. The question is, can the Rangers make it work financially? Johnny Taves. We know he. We know him. The kind of person he is. He'll take a supporting role, knowing he can't be the man because he's he's that far into his career. But he'll take a supporting role and and, and help be a voice in the locker room with three cup rings on his hands uh, to really help get a team over the hump and get them there. Could you just imagine him as an Edmonton Oiler, Colorado Avalanche? Don't think the Avalanche can make it work though. The cap's only going up a million next year, so. <laughs> uh, pump the brakes on that one. It's not, not set in stone either way. It could wind up going up a lot. It could wind up going up a little. We They won't know that until they get closer to the Board of Governors meeting in the spring. Oh, I thought that's what they agreed upon at the at the winter meetings, but. Well, they, they talked about saying it's likely, but they're still, they're still you know. It could make a whole bunch more profit, and then therefore, uh, if those if those digital up. boards bring in a lot of dough, exactly. Yeah, and the play, the, yeah and we're, the only, we're not even and, halfway yet. So to say it's going up by one when we're at the halfway point, I could see it going up more. And if you dig into the CBA, just briefly, I know this is supposed to be a year in review, but just dig into the CBA, there is provision that the players and the owners, you know, this they they can meet 
and agree to raise the cap by more than just the one million. They can agree to raise it by some sort of magic middle number. So we don't know what the cap is going to do yet. It could be a one million increase, could be two, two and a half, could be four. We won't really know what's happening or a better sense until the the March April GM meeting. Well. That sounds like a great way to finish off the year in review. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. I know this episode's usually always a long one, but that's what it is. A lot to get through. 12 months is a long time. Uh, For us here at the Sports Tonight Podcast, thank you so much uh, for joining us. And uh, we look forward to seeing you in 2023. We can't wait. It's going to be a great year. And stay safe celebrate safely uh happy new year and sport on